Tonight, we leave it up to your imagination. So if you don't like the show, it's on you. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 18. I'm Jesse Chapman. Joining me as always are Chris Newth. Hey guys. Kyle Maddock. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Hello. On this podcast, we review the 1990s TV show Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, hosted by Jonathan Frakes, which features five stories that defied explanation. Some based on real events, others totally fake. In our show, we try to figure out which are fact and which are fiction, and we'd love for you to play along with us. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. We summarize those stories, make our own predictions, and at the end, we'll find out the truth together. So we have another themed episode. Is it as good as Friday the 13th? It's, well, technically, yeah, it actually is. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it would, it's yeah. easier to stick to. The one thing we can say is that every story actually had the theme within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as most Beyond Belief stories do, because the theme was a touch of evil. Because bum, you, bum, bum. normally all of the, the supernatural elements and beings and whatever are so benevolent on this show, so it really makes this one stand <laughs> out, <laughs> I think. It. I do want to say before we start, I have a very strong feeling about this episode that I'm going to get 100%. Now, wow. that is a bold statement to make. You're predicting that now? Should we, I'm predicting okay. ahead of time that I'm going to get 100% on the show, and this will be my first time doing it. And I want to, you can congratulate me later, or you could do it early. I Congratulations, don't Chris. I okay, mean, thanks. guys, you have to know that Chris does this every single time, and we just cut it out later because it hasn't happened yet. But all right, I, we can do okay. this thing again. I have a very strong feeling. <laughs> if I, I could put a super cut of all of Chris's very strong feelings, yeah, they'll be in the blooper reel. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into the first story today, which is called Merry-Go-Round. Who are you? It's okay, George. This is Ike. He used to work on the carousel with my dad. Big mistake, Miss Penny, putting this thing together again. Your daddy, he never believed that this Merry-Go-Round was possessed by evil spirits. But I do. This is a story about a Merry-Go-Round which was owned by Penny's father years ago. And there was some sort of supernatural thing going on with this carousel. One day in particular, it spun out of control and ended up killing one of the writers. After that, people believed that it was cursed, and so it was decommissioned and stored in a local storage. I think it was the Florida Everglades, right? Yes. Okay, so they, they put it in storage there. And years later, Penny gets it out of storage with her boyfriend, George, and George says, let's hold a press conference and let's do a grand reopening. So George gets on in the inaugural ride and it starts going around, creeping around, creeping around, and he flags Penny over and he's like, hey, I got to tell you something, but the ride's still going. I think the horse just bit me. What? <laughs> uh? <laughs> and Penny's like, uh, that's weird. And so... The ride goes back around again, and then George is, like, slumped over completely on top of the horse. And she's like, oh, my God. She runs over, checks him. He's dead. As she runs over and finds his dead body, 
a snake crawls out of the mouth of the horse in one of the truly most shocking moments on Beyond Belief for me ever. It was cool. I don't like snakes. This was a horrifying <laughs> way to find a snake. And apparently it was a venomous snake who bit him. And the theory we're left to ponder is, is it possible that this cursed carousel was in the Florida Everglades storage facility and a snake crawled in in the wintertime? To which I say... Yeah, totally believable. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's any like I, I no, immediately everything about this story is believable, except that this is like a money making enterprise as a business. That's the only thing that I question <laughs> from this story. Everything else makes total sense. I don't understand why we wouldn't believe this. You don't think you can make money from a carousel? Do you want to go try to make <laughs> money from a carousel? Well, and I like how within the story you can tell that some of the beyond belief like kind of embellishments was this guy who worked with Penny's dad, who was very weird and kept doing these weird hand movements when he talked about yeah, his, the carousel being cursed. His name was Ike and Ike comes in. He was like an old mechanic and he's just in the story to be a creepy old yeah. mechanic. He character. was a mechanic. I thought he was, he, worked, he, he was the guy with, who was operating. Yeah. Though. Yeah. The operating. operator. There you yeah. go. He was working with the dad and he is the harbinger, right? He keeps saying, you know, this ride is cursed. You should yeah. never have brought it back. And he's moving his hand. If you could see our hands, it's yeah. kind of like Vogue, but like creepy old man. And like jazz you know, hands. Jazz hands. I did not notice the hands. i got to be honest. Really? This happened. Did how how did you not how notice Oh, no, you're right. Hands. He did. No, yeah, you crazy. can't really show like, it. You can't. Yeah. yeah. No, guys, he did this. It'll be in the show notes <laughs> for sure. Hopefully Mark can find a, a gif of that to put on the show. <laughs> or Mark, if you can't find one, I'll you can just do it yourself and upload it. But do we know... If in the Florida Everglades there are venomous snakes that could kill you in one bite, I'm sure there are. There are right? venomous snakes I feel everywhere. Like yeah. Every sort of killer monster lives in Florida. Florida mm-hmm. is the Australia of the United States. <laughs> it was like a snake on bath salts. Yeah, yeah. Right. I just wish they had described what kind of snake it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it a, did a killer snake. Yeah, it did seem like it happened really fast, right? Like he went around the ride one time and he was already dead. And I think that if there was an embellishment in this true story, well, you know what yeah. venom does? He, he it got bit, it he it makes your blood so thick that it can't get through your heart arteries. And mm-hmm. Right. And it's it's like, how fast does that happen? I don't know. We, we've we submitted this question to the research team, and they'll get back to us in six to eight yeah. weeks. Where yeah. was... It takes a while, but we understand. Where was the snake healer in the wheelchair? Mm, where was <laughs> yeah. he to pump that blood out? <laughs> if only... But I mean, just speaking from the, you know, normally I'm like, who reported this story? How did this, you know, get everybody, to the, the whole yeah. press corps was there. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say, <laughs> were but there I enough like, reporters there yeah, for you to it, believe it, it? It really, it fit all my requirements, I feel like, were who reported it. Tiffany's on board because they had a press junket. Yeah, exactly. And like, you totally, you see this in the local paper, you see this getting picked up, you see, and like, I mean, the haunted carousel thing, that's a, a whole idea. And it, Jonathan Frakes even says, is this an urban legend that we're just perpetuating that never happened? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, there's, enough specific things about it that I don't know I'm I'm buying it I and I just like the story in general so I want it I don't want it to be true because it means that the guy died but you know right. I want two, it to be true like, because I liked it yeah, yeah Colonel of Truth a snake bit a guy on a carousel yep. yeah. and killed him right like that's all we're really talking about here is there any or does it feel right or well, well it also links to how it went haywire and killed somebody before. Right. That is that nothing happened. to do with the snake. Yeah. yeah. That is the extra thing. It's like, yeah. do we believe that multiple people died on a carousel? Yeah. All right, guys, I think we have enough information to move on to the prediction phase. I'll go first. Do I think it's possible that a snake crawled into the mouth of a horse on a carousel and then bit a guy and killed him? Yes. Fact. Kyle. Uh, I agree, Jesse. Totally fact. Chris. 
You know, everything about this story seems non-paranormal to me, so I have to just go by the facts. People could have said this thing is just bad luck or cursed or whatever, and that's what, and everything else just happened as it is. So I say this one is fact. Mark. The kernel of truth is too good for the writers to have made up. Fact. Tiffany. Due to all the media present, um, I am (laughs) obligated (laughs) to say fact, but I also do believe this is fact. All right. Thank you very much. Everyone has logged in their predictions. However, there is one more prediction that we like to do. The prediction of random chance. For each story, we're going to flip a coin. Heads is fact. Tails is fiction. Just to test, is our analysis worthwhile? Or can a coin flip actually out-predict our results at the end? Fiction. Mm, so annoying It's going to be so annoying if it's right and we're all wrong. <laughs> and sometimes, and sometimes that is happens. the case. Most times. Let's Most go ahead times. and move on to story number two, which is called Red-Eyed Creature. The trouble began one night when Billy woke up hungry and decided to raid the kitchen for cookies and milk. Not every day you get a Mrs. Doubtfire cameo in Beyond Belief, is it? <laughs> Hello, dearie. Oh, One lump me. or two. <laughs> I was just waiting for her to smash her face into a pie. I mean, you're always waiting for people to do that. It's very weird, Jesse. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Tiffany, what oh. happened in this story? This is kind of a classic haunted house story. Family moves into a new house and then very early on, both the kid, Billy, and the mother witness this mysterious creature in the kitchen. They see two red eyes. They hear this growling sort of noise. So they're terrified. The dad calls a realtor who does explain that the previous owner committed suicide kind of mysteriously. There is no note, no explanation. The dad is telling the mother and the nanny that they have living with them. The nanny's name is Maggie. And she's been, you know, getting very close to Billy, has a very strong relationship with Billy and says, you know, let's just think of Billy making him feel more comfortable going forward. There's There's explanations for all of this. And then we see Maggie talking to Billy, kind of reassuring him everything's going to be okay. They share this sweet moment. She turns to leave the room. She looks at the camera and all of a sudden her eyes become red. And then they think it's okay to just end the story there. (laughs) And Jonathan Frakes was like, was Maggie the red-eyed monster? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I literally yeah. wrote what in my notes. And so that is where I leave this synopsis. And if you think it sounds weird, like I'm missing something, I'm wondering the same well, thing. Well, you're not, you're not really missing anything. I feel like you got it all. I and did. it's, it is a little odd because it's like, you guys are not writing a horror movie. You're writing uh, something that we're supposed to have at least some part of it as like, oh, maybe that could be fact. But in this one... I feel like it's so clear that it's obviously fiction. Well, and what's That's weird what is then Jonathan Frakes in the kind of you know voiceover afterwards even says something like, oh, but nothing bad ever happened to this family. So maybe she was protecting them. So I'm like, she's this weird, benevolent, red-eyed creature So she nanny? scares the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. Gives the kid nightmares and she's protecting him. But, That's not a horrible way to protect somebody, really. <laughs> yeah. Also, I need to give Mark credit because from the very beginning, this woman looked really sweet. Like, oh, it's a sweet elderly woman nanny. And Mark's like, oh, she's evil. He- Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark. My theory yes, was that right she was like some kind of Satanist and she was using the boy as a conduit for a demon. <laughs> this is where like Mark's mind went right like, away. I was like, oh my God, that's what this is like incredible this for Beyond amazing. Belief. Which I mean, my- you're, you're, we're talking about a possession story now. 
Well, and she's not acting possessed in any other way, but yeah. besides the behind the scenes, like wink to the camera, breaking the fourth wall. I don't, uh, I just right. can't get behind the well, idea. She's that not possessed. Is, she would be trying to get the boy possessed. Guys, let me tell you. Uh, then why did her eyes glow? <laughs> her eyes did glow right at the yeah. end. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what factual thing that this story is actually based on. Thriller. The Michael Jackson music video. Oh, oh wait, that's true. not that's a fact true. at all. Do you remember the end of that music video? Oh my gosh. When he looks over, they're like yeah. walking down the street and he looks up and he's like, ching, his glowing eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had the ultimate witnesses in the last segment, and then this one is the complete Nothing. opposite. Yeah, worse than no any one. other segment. Can you segment? imagine she glows her eyes and then the mom's like comes out of her bedroom and she goes, look what I can do. I can make my eyes glow. <laughs> what, if, like, oh, what if she's just always standing kind of next to the alarm system and so they think <laughs> that it's her <laughs> and it's really not? Can she also project her face? Like This is so ludicrous. <laughs> this story, I was like... When when she turns to the camera and her eyes lit up, I think we all kind of looked. You know, I, I showed Tiffany my notes and yeah. I just wrote fiction immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone believe this? Hold on, hey, we're not there yet. Here's <laughs> always my issue with ones that are so obviously fiction. Right. So tell me the fact behind it. I have n- <laughs> well, okay, no, 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 we don't have that. People are haunted. What if know. what if the last moment, the last beat in this story is simply the show giving one possible explanation? You know, because he does say. Maybe it wasn't the nanny or maybe this. Maybe all we're talking about here, kernel of mm-hmm. truth, a family was haunted. What if that's all this is based on? If that's true, it's so lame that yeah. I cannot, so I can't believe that they would do that. I, I want to I wanna yeah. give them more credit. Oh, this is going to be one of those ones that's fact and I'm going to be so annoyed because mm. I don't know where it comes from. But it's also, would the writers have done that? I don't know. If you don't mind my saying so. I think we should all calm down. All right, guys, we've talked about it. Let's go on and move to predictions. First up, Mark, fact or fiction? Gonna go with my gut that this is completely ridiculous and say it's fiction. But I'm gonna be pissed (laughs) if it's fact. All right, Kyle. I have to go with Mark's gut and say that this is fiction. (laughs) Thank you. Chris. Okay, as you'll start seeing, all of us are saying the same things, and this is why I'm so confident that I'm going to get 100, because this episode feels a little easy to me. For this story, there's um, a possession element that results in nothing bad happening, and I've never heard of that fiction. Tiffany. Due to the lack of media presence, I'm going to say fiction. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go last, and there is a missing element to this story. If it were fact, it would not have been told. It could not have been told. Fiction. Can I just say one thing? What if at the end her eyes were red, then she opened her mouth and a snake came out? Wow. <laughs> that would have been This goes cool. to the sh- Beyond Belief shared universe <laughs> yeah, that I keep wanting exactly. to make happen. Sorry, I just I couldn't help myself. No, it's, yeah, that's we need this. <laughs> Let's go ahead and find out what does the coin predict? Fiction. Let's go ahead and move on to story number three, which is called used car salesman. And I do want to make one note. These are like the lamest episode titles we've ever had. <laughs> used car salesman's ridiculous. Merry-go-round, red-eyed creature, used car salesman. These are the names that you give the episodes in production to like yeah. say this is the one with the whatever. This is the red-eyed then, creature one. This is the used car salesman one. Like really lame mad libs. And they need really. to punch it up. What was the other one? Like Evil Doubtfire? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome title. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> oh, there it is. Do 
don't cut into my livelihood. Well, baby, you should have seen me. You could have learned a few things. I took a car that hasn't been serviced in six months, and I sold it to that old bat for more than the sticker price. I don't believe you, Sonny. You are actually proud of ripping that lady off, aren't you? It's a dog-eat-dog business, guys, and you should know that. If you don't like the way I operate, quit. Excuse me, kids. I'm working. Kyle pointed out an incredible sign in this segment. We we will beat anybody price. Oh, yes. <laughs> An actual sign. I thought you were talking about more of a... Yeah. Yes, we will beat anybody price. Love it. That's when you know you're at the right place to buy a car. <laughs> I honestly think it was probably just a real car lot they were shooting no i think it and was they just oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. i really think it was like an actual typo maybe it wasn't some, it was somebody whose uh english wasn't their first language Could be serbian we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there it's coming mark what happened in this story so there's a used car lot and there's a slimy salesman named sunny and this manager of a band comes in and says i need to buy a van for my band we need to drive to vegas i need it now and the, the salesman knowingly sells him a van that has not been checked by maintenance. The brakes don't work. The next day, his coworkers come in, show him a newspaper. Right there, it says, the van lost control, went down a hill, everybody died. And I have a quote. Sonny says, you think it's my fault for these guys dying? When your number's up, it's up. <laughs> um, then anyways, he closes up shop that night and four cars possessed by who knows what, maybe the band, they circle around him and then, you know, you don't see it, but obviously they just like start running him over until he just is Until his him. number was up. Oh, do you until think, do you think they ran him over multiple times? Multiple times. All four of those Wow, cars. that's oh, far more and disturbing than I thought. One of the cars was the van that crashed the day before on the way to Vegas. Now, are we sure about that? Now, or, a van or, did pull or in. Or looked a lot it, like It was yeah. the van's brother. I well, Because yeah. the van was wrecked in that crash. The van's brother. See? Well, I think that's the whole kind of that, supernatural part of it. Well, I well, think there's the another cars super, going. Yeah, cars getting possessed is also a little yeah. supernatural. So what we're being asked to believe is, is it possible that a man was run over by vehicles uh, of their own accord or by maybe maximum this- overdrive. Yeah. Is this Stephen King or is this, this- is the Stephen King yeah. movie where all electronics come to life, whether they be toasters or lawnmowers or vehicles and they kill people now, would for you, no reason. Would you rather be run over by a car that's come to life by itself or run over by a toaster that's come to life by itself? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, run, run you gotta, you gotta think of your toaster? legacy after this. You know, Chris, run over by a toaster. <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't sound as cool. So let's go with the uh, the car, but make the, uh, the, the car have glowing red eyes too. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm a bit confused. So these cars are mad at him because... Because he's trying to find them nice owners. Like, shouldn't the cars want this guy to be like, oh, can I be with that nice old lady or that band from Vegas? They seem like good guys. Can you sell me to them? This isn't the the movie Cars. (laughs) No, the cars want to be fixed, but he doesn't fix them. And so he's sending them out as though they're coming back with injuries and he's not helping them. And he's just like saying, so they get injured. He doesn't repair. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, NFL coach who doesn't heal his I also feel like the cars in in this universe, I feel like the cars are angry that he's putting 
people's lives in danger. Oh, they're pissed. Or the cars are supposed to be the ghosts of the band members who died. Yeah, that's okay. actually, they do say I think, that. I so I don't think it's... I don't uh, know if the car's feelings ooh, sort of they thing. each got in another also, car and killed him that way? Guys, we yeah. are forgetting the most important part of this story, which kind of makes the whole prediction part a little pointless, is the voiceover says, right, as um, Sonny's walking into the car lot... No one knows what happened next, but it definitely happened or something. It was like they randomly put in like. No one can explain what happened next, but it did happen. Yeah. As soon as that went off, I was like, fiction. <laughs> I definitely wanted him to say, no one what? knows what happened next, but this story of Beyond Belief is fact. It's totally fact. That's what it sounded like a little bit. And then the fact step comes I know. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, I mean, we had this whole, like, Frakes gave more of an explanation at the end of this story Super than I think he ever has Which before. sounded a little mean? desperate. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, you, you know, like, believe me, here's all these facts afterwards. But it was also, like, he made a point of saying that it was four cars. And I don't know about you guys, but it looked like the whole lot was kind of lighting up. And I, I with was headlights. Like, yeah, I thought that every car was coming after him. It was definitely four because he only had what three coworkers. Yeah, and so the coworkers couldn't have done it because there were. Well, he four also cars. says they have airtight alibis. Yeah, uh, a guy dies by getting run over a car who works around cars every single day of seems, his life. Well, it seems like it could happen, right? I didn't think about that. <laughs> and it really was only they come that into one the lot, He's dead under. He's like caught under a car. There's no driver there. What if the kernel of truth is just that you know he gets hit by the single the van and then they and just made away? up the other cars kind of pulling out a little bit but not really. Well, how would the they have known yeah, if exactly. any other cars had turned their lights on or pull? We don't have security footage. Exactly. We don't have eyewitness testimony. All we know is that one car ran over a guy, but then they're kind of concocting all these other details. Which makes me very suspect. I was like, if that if that's their mm. kernel of truth and that's their embellishment, then that would be a bit much of an embellishment. That's not the story. And that's why it would have been important to know how he was found the next morning. I agree with you. Let's go ahead and move on to predictions. Tiffany, first up. I, uh, based on what I just said, I'm going to say fiction. Chris. You know, it's funny because Mark said he was slimy. I think he's sleazy. Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Good point. There's a distinction. Kyle. <laughs> They threw out a lot, a lot of facts, factual information, numbers, names, places people were from and whatnot. Do you remember the episode where they threw out pictures and evidence? Well, that can that convinced you, but not me, because yeah, you love pictures, apparently. Love pictures. I'm going fact on this one. All right, I'll go next. They threw out a lot of facts. They threw out a lot of figures, but it felt desperate. Fiction. <laughs> Last up, Mark. I want this to be true because it's cool, but it's obviously not fiction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and flip a coin. Fiction. Ooh, Kyle. I'm the lone guy. Feeling on that lonely? One. Feeling like a winner. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to our fourth story surveillance camera. I'm going to see my family very soon. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Thanks. I, I hate to speak ill of a dead man, but uh, Mr. Ritter, you know? The old owner, may his soul rest in peace. You know that he was murdered, huh? A year ago. Right there where you stand. Mm. <laughs> Surveillance camera. <laughs> it's uh it's not the most inventive title. I thought you were joking. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they next up on Beyond Belief, surveillance camera. <laughs> and after and after that. A story. <laughs> that sounds kind of nicer. All right, Chris. 
What happened in this story? So this one is about a guy who is from Serbia and he's in America. We've never learned his name, so I'm just going to call him Tommy Wiseau with Kevin Sorbo's haircut. That's a really Ooh. long name to have to remember. So Tommy Wiseau with Kevin Sorbo's haircut saved $8,000 to bring his family from Serbia to the U.S. because now he can afford that. And his convenience store was robbed by a man whose name is Stanley Ritter, but I will refer to him as Ernest Hemingway. Anyway, so he robs the guy and he takes his $8,000 that he kept in a box under the cash register. Minutes after, two guys come in and rob him again. This time, there's only a handful of change in the cash register. Anyway, the cops tell him, after looking at surveillance footage, that the old man never came in that night. And the cops also discover that his box of $8,000 is still stowed away safely under the cash register. But eventually they caught the guys that did the second robbery, the second robbery people. Although I don't know if that's very important to even mention. Well, that's a huge detail. It's a huge detail because they admitted to something. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yes. Which is a huge detail (laughs) because they admitted to having killed the prior owner of the convenience store which was this Ernest Hemingway character. Who stole his box, but didn't steal his box. Who protected his money. Mm -hmm. So basically what this story is asking us to believe is, can two people rob a convenience store, kill a man, and can that man then come back a year later to protect the current owner from those same robbers Mm -hmm. and, and steal his money but in such a way that, you and, know, and why would he do that if he was we learn in the story that he is a terrible person? Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's trying to redeem himself in the afterlife. And I guess there's also yeah. a little bit of like trying to bring down the guys who killed him. Yeah. What if what it's I more about more. those two? It really wasn't about. Yeah. Him. But I thought that was such a weird detail to to throw in there. Like, man, this previous owner was so horrible. He he just hated the homeless. He hated anyone poor. Even if they had enough money, he would refuse their money. And it's like, so what the convenience owner does. They're that? throwing these details into yeah. try to make us believe that he's trying to redeem himself or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I honestly missed all like that. Oh, yeah. or something? I don't yeah, get that's it. weird. Here's my thing. Ghosts make elaborate plans. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. Why in the world would you as a ghost come in with a gun and steal the man's money instead of just coming in and saying, hey, hide this somewhere. You're about to get robbed. I know you have $8,000 under the thing. Right. They won't find, you know, something, like you would be like, how did he know he? I had this amount of money? That's believable enough. I don't know, but if you think about it, they're, like the guys went back behind the counter. They tried looking for it. If he like, st- if, you know, this Ernest Hemingway type stole it before, it's the only way he can guarantee that it wouldn't be there for the yeah. not That's that a fair I point. Like gunpoint, they could be like, where's the money? Being, oh, I put it in the back. I put it in the back. Yeah. Right. So he right. literally had no way to. Exactly. Yeah. You know, give the money because it wasn't there. Because he didn't know it was actually just on a different shelf now. I would <laughs> say that there is also in terms of like the police report that would have happened in terms of this, like obviously the story of the previous owner was uh, a folklore within this community. And so I can see how, do I believe in the kernel of truth? No, but I could see how if this happened and the guy said that he saw this, like the story would get out there at least. And so there is something to that. Here's what I don't believe. At the end of the story, the cop comes back and says, hey, uh, just so you know, we caught those two guys. And those are the guys that killed the owner a year before. You want to see the tape where he gets shot and killed? Oh, yeah. yeah. And he that, hands huh? the guy the surveillance tape from the original robbery. Yeah. And I'm like, it is so 
Watch this shit. It's crazy. <laughs> the guy, the Serbia, the Tommy Wiseau with whoever's haircut is like, yeah, Kevin I'd love Sorbo to watch has, it. Let's pop was, it in right now. And yeah. like Hercules for many years. Yeah, and let's, years talk, about, on television. Yeah. let's yeah. talk about the other surveillance thing, how it's totally edited out. There's no like static or fog or whatnot like they usually do. It's just like the old lady's there and then all of a sudden it's the robbers. We've talked about it. Let's go on and move to predictions. First up, Chris. Okay, so I don't want to deviate from what I wrote down because then if I'm wrong, I'm going to be really upset that I didn't get my 100%. So I'm going to stick with my plan to get 100%. And because the ghost elements of this kind of make sense to me, and he could have easily just misplaced that box, I'm going to go fact. All right, I'll go next. When I was watching this, it struck me as very believable that someone could, like Chris said, misplace a box. But right at the end, when the cops show the murder tape, I said, no way. Fiction. Mark. It's just fiction. Is that fine? <laughs> Is that okay? It's fine. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. That's enough. Tiffany. There was no press junket. There, there one, no press junket. <laughs> there was a surveillance camera. Always helps. Well, I, I just, I don't believe the kernel of truth of the story, but I could see a version of this story getting out there and I could see them embellishing how he found out that it was the guy that he saw was the one that was killed a year prior. So I'm going to say fact. Kyle. Uh, the, the camera handing him the old surveillance tape, the box being in the same spot where everybody, everybody in this story was half a foot from uh, fiction. All right, we've made our predictions. Did you make yours already? Did I? Yeah, yeah you went second. Yeah. yeah no, oh, sorry. I kind of wanted you to do it in the Tommy Wiseau voice. Yeah, no faction. <laughs> okay, so you'll go with faction. No okay, James great. Franco, but I'll take it. Let's write Ooh, that down. Okay, Tommy cool. Wiseau with Kevin Zorbo's hair said faction. Okay. All right, so let me flip a coin now. So, fact. Okay, <laughs> so okay. Tommy Wiseau announced that it's fact. Oh, man. All right, guys, let's move on to story number five, which is called Graffiti. I want you to write the words, remember Pearl Harbor on that blackboard. Why? Because somebody defaced school property, and I think it was you. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Why is it that every time something goes wrong at the stupid school, you blame me? Because you deserve the blame. You are just no good, Evans. All right, Kyle, what happened here? Principal Block is returning to his school, and he's told that there is graffiti that somebody carved in some fresh cement at his school. Remember Pearl Harbor. So he immediately goes to sort of the punk kid who he doesn't like in the school, assuming it's him, brings him (laughs) into his office, trying to get the truth out of him, and he can't do it. And then he opens up these notebooks he has, and remember Pearl Harbor is written all over the folders. You got into my office, he yells at the kid. Um, and then somebody barges into the office and he goes, hey, look outside. Remember Pearl Harbor is written all over the school. It's all over everywhere. And at the end of the episode, he asks, what does it mean? What is remember Pearl Harbor? And we find out that this story takes place two days before the 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor. Isn't that into, if this story is it. true, it is insane, right? Mm. Did anyone else have a little bit of deja vu? Uh, the Titanic. The, the Titanic, Titanic story. Mm. The Titan. Oh, yeah. Which it's was literally, fact, right? it's, it, Which was fact. This is literally the same story <laughs> as the author who wrote about the Titanic, but like 10 years earlier. What was the point of this story? Like... 
Because with the author thing, you know, he was a, a journalist and, you know, he was like, I forget exactly what it was, but it somehow was tied into his job where even though it still didn't make sense, it was like, okay, it, it felt organic. Nothing is resolved. The principal is like, I have nothing to pin him with, so I have to let him go. And I can't tell if it's just ridiculous or if it's so weird and specific that maybe it falls into that camp of also it it's so not a weird. warning it's just yeah. remember it in past tense before like it happened no point to it and that makes me feel would the writers have concocted this like, and it's, so it's bizarre. not a single message it's it's everywhere it's not like oh someone saw it on one place yeah what was it's the deal everywhere. with like hundreds of invisible japanese men running well, around you, the you gotta assume like, that's all elaborated what's going on so the kernel of truth is probably like was one remember pearl places. harbor you know Maybe like in a book or I don't know, somewhere. So does some like fortune teller or somebody predicting the future, like it, it, it made them go crazy because it's an awful, awful, horrible event and they kind of went crazy and they wrote it possibly. a few could have places been a, around Could have campus. been a coincidence. Like a weird coincidence, like something else happened at Pearl Harbor to someone at the school and they just decided they were angry and they, you he know, I'm like, probably what? didn't say remember Pearl Harbor. It was probably something different. Just like the that basic idea. Well, that much. would be too much of a change. You can't do that. <laughs> so what is the okay. kernel of truth here? Is it possible someone could have wrote, remember Pearl Harbor two days before the attack? Is that possible? Yeah. That's all this is, is like, yeah, could w- someone have written this? And I'm trying to figure out what is the paranormal aspect to this. I know, I understand the idea that it's a prophecy in a way. It's like, it's right. It's a prediction of something that is to come moments later or two days later. I wanted them to be in school on one of the islands in Hawaii, like maybe at Pearl Harbor, and they get this warning, and then they end up, like, the principal heeds the warning and doesn't go to, you know, he would have died. Oh, okay. You know, I I wanted some other element to this story. Yeah, why this kid? Like, there's no redemption, not even redemption, there wasn't even connection. Like... I think that's just what bothers me so much was what what is the point of this? And if the writers wrote it, which truthfully, in my gut, I feel like they did. But I'm like, why would they write it? Like, would they have done it like this? They would have added so much more, wouldn't I, they? Yeah, that's a great point. Did anyone else feel like we were following the wrong person in this story? I thought we should have been following the, the janitor who was actually oh, like discovering all of this. But maybe if it was, you know, quote, based on a fact in some way, because I was like, why are we following the principal? He's not well, doing anything. Well, they're the anything. primary witness, too, to all these events. Yeah. She's finding all these, uh, what would you call them? Graffiti or, or what, what do you call that? Yeah, it's graffiti. Yeah. yeah. That's the title of the story, the too. So it's, you got to call it graffiti. <laughs> Even if it's in, uh, in cement, cement it's I still think graffiti. So. Okay. We'll submit that to our researchers again. It'll take six to eight weeks to get back. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go on to the predictions. First up, me. People could have easily gotten the dates misremembered. Mm. I think this is so possible to have happened actually after Pearl Harbor, and it just became legend. Fact. Chris. To go for my 100%, I have to go with what I wrote down. (laughs) And what I wrote down is fact. So let's move on. Ooh, Mark, what do you got? My guess has nothing to do with analyzing whether it's fact or fiction. Um, this just feels like a beyond belief fact. Just feels like one of those fact stories they did that are historical. So I'm gonna go fact. Tiffany. Because I feel like the writers would have added more to this story and would have connected more purely just because of that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say fact. Now wait, I think I said the same thing with the mummy story a while ago. Oh, I know. I'm not <laughs> saying it's a it's a fail proof method. Okay. <laughs> it's just my reasoning for this one. Kyle, you're last up. What do you got? Throughout the ages, people have always been vocal about war. Do I believe that while the largest naval fleet in U.S. World War II history 
was stationed in a single place that people around a school would paper the school with things about that fleet. Like, remember Pearl Harbor? Our Navy's there and we're not doing anything about World War II. What the hell? It's fact. A single tear is running down my face. I felt like I was about to get some sort of inspirational speech. That was on par with Bill Pullman and Independence Day. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Sorry I'm late, Mr. President. (laughs) We've made our predictions. What does the coin predict? Fiction. Hmm. Has the coin predicted fiction every time? No. Oh, last time it was fact. All right, guys. We've all made our predictions. The coin has made its prediction. Are these stories fact? Are they fiction? Did my um, did my prediction that I'd get a hundred percent sway anyone this week to vote for the answer that I was giving? No, no. no. not no. even. We privately, bit. when you walked away, we voted fact or fiction on whether or not you were going to get a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are these stories fact? Are they fiction? We'll find out. Stay with us. Okay, we talked about the story with the car salesman and the interesting sign that they had up that said, we will sell anybody car. Wait, what? And that made Mark and I very curious. So we went to the car lot and found other signs that they posted. Do you guys want to hear what we found? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Okay. Um, Well, you know, one was 10 minute, 10 mile powertrain warranty. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Warranties are good. Yeah. Okay. Um, And another one said, come buy cars and oversized neckties here. Yeah. Diversifying. Do need ties. Yeah. When life hands us lemons, we sell them to you. Maybe the, uh, is that like a lemonade stand? Yeah. Or is that specifically like referring lemons? to cars. Chris? Oh, we checked under the hood and there's some tubes in there. Let us know what you think. Huh. Now, that one I thought was really, um, you know, like it's very upfront. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I support small businesses, I guess. No, most of our cars don't have blood stains on them. Oh, wow. This is, I mean, well, I don't know a lot about cars, but. That is- Good. Another one said, get a car wash by a 55-year-old Paris Hilton lookalike. That feels... That can attract a certain clientele. I don't know if you want that clientele. We slash our prices and our tires. Okay, this is getting dangerous. Each car sold raises money to feed kids with obesity. Okay, I don't think they need Oh, here's a good one. Any drugs you find, all yours. Why do they even think we'll be finding Oh, and here's another. Are you into autoerotic asphyxiation? Oh, yeah. Uh, us neither. That's horrible. They oh. should not have that on us. Oh, I love this one. That's no, they backed out of it. Thing. Oh, I love this one. Want a good deal? Give me a break. No, really. I need brakes for this van. No one should be driving it. It's very unsafe. Horrible. Horrible. Someone should look all. into this place. This does not sound safe. Anyways, Chris and I bought like multiple cars. No, yeah. We drove out with Everyone four ha- each. We got cars for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris? Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget my name? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is still happens. <laughs> Tiffany? Why did you find drugs in the car? Is that what happened? <laughs> Everybody gets a car. Which stories were fact and which were fiction? Story number one, merry-go-round. This is the one about a snake crawling out of the mouth of a merry-go-round horse and killing a man. Everyone thought this story was fact. Let's find out what the truth is. Although this story has been widely circulated as fact, it's an urban legend that never happened. Fiction. 
Listen, guys. Sorry, Chris. I Chris. couldn't believe Chris, that. Chris, how's that 100% going? You get to oh, wait. I got the Chris isn't going to get 100%. Oh, good oh, yeah, job. So yeah. That cancels out our... Oh, I know. We know. get a free pass. <laughs> this show so always gets me. It when always it seems easy, it's not. It's not. When I get out, they pull me truthfully back no. in. Uh, I've seen Scarface. All right, stop. No. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, story number two is called Red-Eyed Creature. This is the one about Mrs. Doubtfire being a demon from hell. <laughs> Hello. This is true. It's so <laughs> mad. All right, now everyone voted fiction on this story. Let's find out what the truth is. The story of the red-eyed evil is inspired by an actual. Oh event. my god! What fact? Come on, guys. What does that even mean? I'm what gonna, does that? Mean? What does that mean? They didn't. Mark, give us what an does that mean? Story. That means there's the, no integrity left <laughs> and beyond belief. What happened to it? First, the story titles, and now this. I've thrown my towel in on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a zero. It's fine. So, Chris, you're already down. You're zero for two, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's 100 percent wrong in this <laughs> yeah. one. I'll tell you How that. easy Wait, was it? Again? Oh, he didn't say he was 100 percent right. I just said I was 100 oh. percent. Still have a chance. <laughs> There's a chance. <laughs> oh so you're telling me there's God. a chance. <laughs> I'm rooting for you, Chris. All right, guys, let's move on to the third story. That would be amazing. This story is called Used Car Salesman. This is the one about... Who gives a shit? Yeah, <laughs> it's the guy what? from True Lies who like gets Jamie care. Lee Curtis. Bill um, Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton. This is Bill Paxton's story um, uh, Stephen about King yeah. book. Yeah, cars, cars running people over. Slimy versus sleazy. Whatever. Let's go to it the was, tape. So everyone voted fiction except Kyle. You think this one's fact? Things are looking good for me. <laughs> that might actually be true based on what we've seen so far. Let's find out what the truth is. If you guessed this story was true, you're wrong. We made this one up. Oh, fiction. Well, Chris did not yeah. get his 100%. No, I, uh, yeah, no, I'll take it though. <laughs> well, I'm going for that 100%. Wrong. You, oh, really? So far? <laughs> so far, so bad? So far, so bad. So far, so far, so bad. All right. All right. Let's go on to the fifth and final story of today's No, Skip no, it, no. Back we got up. surveillance. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Like We're on story four, not story five. No, I'm sorry. I skipped a story four. <laughs> Let's go on to story number four. That was weird. <laughs> Which is surveillance camera. This is the one about the Serbian immigrant who saved up $8,000 and was robbed by the ghost of the guy who owned the shop before he did. What is happening in this episode? <laughs> now, Tiffany, you and Chris both think it's fact. Yeah. Mark, Kyle, and myself, we think it's fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. This strange story was inspired by an actual event. Oh, oh yeah. My. According to first-hand interviews conducted by author Robert Trelins. Fact. I just didn't believe that cops would show a man a murder You were wrong. <laughs> well, what they so probably wrong. did was they saw the tape. It was a simpler time back then. took a, a, a screenshot of it or something and brought it to them and said, listen, this matches your description perfectly, so I wanted to show you. And yeah, then, or they just didn't show them and they just wrote that part because they had to show the audience. Somehow. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that probably makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Let's go on to the fifth and final story of today's episode. The actual fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called Graffiti. This is the one oh. about Remember Pearl Harbor. Someone graffitied it all over the school two days before Pearl Harbor actually happened. Now, we all voted fact on this. Mm-hmm. We did? We did. Wow, um, really? Because we... It was my impassioned <laughs> yeah. uh, argument. Mark, it was a simpler time back then. Yeah, it was Kyle's... Even though he went last, it was Kyle's impassioned argument. I think that, it was a one single tear falling, I think that was. falling down his I face. I think it was. That really cemented it for me. Bloop. 
Let's find out what the truth is. I don't care. <laughs> Did this story of the graffiti that foretold a disaster ever happen? Yes. A similar right. incident oh, did take place. Okay, so wait. Fact. Does it make sense? No. So no matter how much I strive for to get 100, I end up always getting three out of five. You're Mr. Like three you out always of five. do. Maybe you three should strive five, for three out of five, Ooh. and then you get 100. Oh, You're like wrong. seven I, of nine from Star Trek yeah. Voyager, but three of five. Oh, yep. guys, next week I'm going to go for three out of five Star Trek <laughs> Voyagers. That's what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> I think that's the takeaway. All right, so the results today, Kyle... You are uh, not leading the pack. You were following the pack. I am pack. at the top of the bottom. <laughs> but it was am. a really hard episode. <laughs> One out of five correct for Kyle. Seemed easy. Though. I like how at the beginning of the episode it was easy. Well, that yeah. was my arc. My arc was realizing just, how hard this show is. Just call Even me when you... one of five. Oh, yeah. man. Sorry <laughs> oh, about we that. we will. Don't, don't get us on So to Matrix Zero. <laughs> and who won? <laughs> and who won this week? Well, congratulations to Chris and Tiffany. A three out of five. And Whoa. you tied with the coin. So it very nicely worse. done. It makes it worse. makes it worse. <laughs> it makes it worse. What a fun episode, though, you guys. We had a Bill Paxton impression. We had a Tommy Wiseau with, with Kevin Sorbo's hair impression. Yeah, mm-hmm. And we had a Mrs. Doubtfire impression. We had it all. We 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 could not have asked for more impressions. What a star I could have asked, right. could, asked for a lot more yeah. in this episode, actually. Okay. I'm still really mad about story Don't worry. Two. Story number two. What if her so eyes started yeah, going I'm, red right I'm, now? I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to the list. Get mm-hmm. on that nanny. Oh, okay, I don't know about getting on the Oh, I am not going to comment on that. <laughs> Please don't. Well, thank you all for listening this week. And until next week, this is Beyond Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast... We ask you to tell someone who likes Beyond Belief. That's why we... If everyone who listened right now told one person, it could be their mom, it could be their friend, it could be their sibling. All audio clips are strictly for educational commentary and copyright their original creators. You can send us feedback, questions, or share your own story that is Beyond Belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com as well as find show notes and links to us on social media. Thanks for listening. Oh, um, and here's another. Are you into autoerotic asphyxiation? Can you tell me how to say that word? Autoerotic asphyxiation. Exfixiation. You know how to say it. (laughs) (laughs) That was cute, Chris. All right, all right.